Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast on Talk Sport. You may also be listening on Talk Sport 2 or across on Talk Sport's YouTube channel. Either way, it's myself and Steve Harmison looking back at day one of the second Ashes Test at Adelaide. Um, plenty going on as ever, uh, plenty of intrigue, uh, plenty to talk about in terms of team selection, and uh, there was a few uh, big moments on the field as well. Uh, all to look back on over the next uh, 20 minutes or so. You are listening to the following on podcast. Well, if you're listening to the show or watching it, you will, I'm sure, already know that uh, it was another day where England's team selection is going to come under scrutiny. Um, Their fielding will come under scrutiny. And Australia's batting is just going to be held up as possibly something to follow. Australia ending the day 221 for two. Labashane 95 not out. Steve Smith 18 not out. And a fine partnership for the second wicket. Much like in the first test match, actually. This time of 172 between Labashane and Warner really taking the game away from England. England will be left to rue. Two huge drops in the field. On 21, Joss Butler putting down a chance uh, um, for Labuschagne. And then again, with the uh, the lights on and the new ball, the second new ball in the hand of Jimmy Anderson, a, a real straightforward opportunity that was again grasped. So Labuschagne is still there at stumps. England didn't take late wickets. And Australia will feel the game is in their grasp. Um, plenty to discuss uh, in and amongst that, of course, Steve Smith, skipper. Who would have who would have thought that would ever happen again, especially in an Ashes match? Well, it has today. 
uh, for reasons that we uh, will go into, but I'm sure you are aware. So plenty to get stuck into with myself and Steve Harmson. Story of the day. So what uh, an eventful day it was, Harmy, but let's just get straight to, um, let's just get straight to, Something that was mentioned many, many times by the Australian TV commentators today. Where was Mark Wood? Oh, that's a million dollar question. I thought that let, let, let's before we sort of have a go at the selection thing, the bowlers stuck to their test and bowl well. Areas the bowl for the bowlers they are, apart from the only time Malabashen really looked uncomfortable was against. Um, Ben Stokes, middle of the afternoon, dropped on 20, had him bouncing around. All of a sudden, if you've got another one like that, who bowls more aggressive line, who's naturally bowls more aggressive line and is comfortable doing that job, then I think this could have been a whole different context, uh, contest when it comes to where the game stands at this moment in time. We've got line and length bowlers. We've got container bowlers. We bowled 89 overs and we're 221 for two, which is contained Australia. But we're trying to get back into the ashes. And that, for me, like we said, Cricket Collective, all week, that you need something different. You haven't got a mystery spinner. You haven't got a spinner that you can trust and you, that you believe you can land it. You've got to have somebody who can make something happen out of nothing. Ben Stokes nearly did. You've got a bloke who's just been rested after bowling 25 overs in three days. That selection just doesn't make sense. We can keep going on and on and on. And hindsight is not a wonderful thing when we've been seeing it for three days beforehand. But when you see what's just happened, who is picking this team? That, is, that really worries me. The, the comments that came out of the dressing room at the end of that test match, and I know we've got to speak in the world of 24-7 sports news, and you've got pundits like me and a few other people who are pulling everything in the set of bits. But some decisions are just ridiculous. And that is one. Yeah, that is one. 221 for two. We've bowled containing bowlers. That's what we went. We, that was the plan we were going to have six, three, what, four, four months ago when we picked the squad to go to Australia without Ben Stokes. We now go to Australia with Ben Stokes and ask him to bowl a barrage of bouncers, having not played for six months, well, for, for five, five, six months. And you've got a bloke who you've rested, who's bowled 25 overs in three days, who would have been, boy, he would have been effective on that, on that, in that game. And that, for me, could be the difference where England are either getting back into the Ashes or they potentially could lose this Ashes four or five nil. You get, you get Labashin early in this game, and England, England have got a chance of, of, of really putting a, a big dent in, in, in Australia. And he's now 95 not out of 275 balls by leaving, playing balls on its merit, which were good balls by Anderson, Wokes, Broad and Robinson. And then when anybody strayed offline, tried to bowl the short ball, which were not comfortable out at 125, 130 kilometres an hour, he put them away for four. And that that innings there could be the difference between them getting a big score and dictating when they bowl under lights, potentially going 2-0 up. And it just still baffles me, that selection. 
could have been so different though, couldn't it? I mean, those two drops by Joss Butler, he pulled off a really, really good catch. I think they went a little bit too crazy about how good it was earlier in the day, but it was a, it was a really good catch. He flung his arm out, got it stuck. Good catch, right? The lab, Describe the two drops because this, the first one, maybe he was deceived by the ball coming off the glove rather than the bat the pace of the ball possibly kind of looked like he could have got two hands to it. I described it on air like he went with it with the wrong hand. Just, just was an ugly body position was all over the place, but the drop at the end of the day, I mean, that's up there with not quite Mike Gatting in India in 80, whatever it was, but it was, that was, it was so bad that when I saw it, I was actually live on air when it happened and I had to, I had to wait for the replay because I couldn't believe that he that I'd seen what I'd seen, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, he's dropped two catches. I think the second one we've got to forget about at this minute in time on how much that's costing because at the minute it hasn't cost that much. It was a poor effort and it was a drop catch. And I'll come on to it in a second. The first one, the first drop catch he should have caught. He's gone for he's quite flat footed. Early, early ish in the deer, not not that long into the deer. You're talking about, you know, he's only 21 Labashin. He was 30, 35th over. Yeah, it's not that long on, into the deer. He was on 21. Yeah, it's not that long into the Second deer. Session. It's not as though it was like 60, it's not as though it was like 65 overs into the deer in a, in a 30 degree heat. I mean, you know, he, he made a very, very good catch where he went both foot, bang, left foot, right foot, bang, spring off the right foot. Die full length, caught a great catch off Stuart Broad early in the day. And for a wicketkeeper, what a confidence booster that is. And then all of a sudden, later on, 35 overs, not a great deal of time in the day. Middle of the middle session, he hasn't gone. He's going the other way. So he's got to go left foot, right foot, then spring left foot. And he, he didn't really go left foot, right foot. He just, he didn't touch his, his left foot down. He went right foot. And then he tried to go again and didn't really go. And then that probably cost him the time to get closer to the ball to then get his hands in a position to take the catch comfortably. Um, and he was snatching for it and, and reaching for it. So that was a put. It was down leg side. And a keeper will tell you that is a catch they should take, especially at international level. He should be he should be taking it. Whether you can argue with his international standard witty keeper because of his batting, that's a different argument altogether. That cost England a lot, that did. You know, Labashin's 21, he goes on and bats another 60 overs. Um, and he's standing in between us, bowling them out for 280, 300 to then getting 450. The second one, well, he'll he'll see that again a million times in his sleep tonight. He will. Yeah, I've been in many that situation many, many times where as a big fast bowler, you drop a catch and it's an easy one. And you think, how on earth have I dropped that? And he has. He's, it is. It's basically potentially too easy that he just goes in nicely. Thank you very much. There you go, Joe Root, with the runs away saying, thank you. Well, we're getting lavish in and we haven't we've, we've stopped somebody getting 100. Like I said before, time will tell on how much that cost us. From Joss' point of view, it just looked as though he snatched at it. You watch it again, just as the ball was getting to his gloves, he went, his hands went to the ball as opposed to the ball coming to him. Yeah, the nice regulation where, thank you very much, soft hands, see you later, Marnus Labashin. 
But just as he got to the ball, he closed his hands and he snatched at it. And when he did that, it didn't uh, it didn't go in. But you know, hopefully, it doesn't cost England too much in the morning because if it does, this kid bats big. He loves a big score. You know, he one ninety nine. I think he's got. I think already got in uh, in this calendar year. He doesn't get many little hundreds, Manus Labashin. And if he if he goes on, he's just gone past two thousand. 2,000 test runs. He's got 1250s in, in, in 20 matches. Yeah, the, the, this guy bats big. And if he does, then, it's like I said before, it could be the difference between England being back in this series or Australia going 2-0 up. Anderson, the bowler for that second drop, Stokes with the first. How did you assess uh, Broad and Anderson? Um, Broad's 150th test cap, of course. Anderson back. Uh, I thought Broad's was the pick of the bowlers did that. I, mean, I know Stokes Stokes employed short pitch bowling and he was he looked like he was a bowler who'd had a game in his legs as opposed to the first test match he looked a little bit more like Stokes that we know um so Stokes bowled well I thought a touch one dimensional but seemed to work Labashain I've not seen Labashain look that uncomfortable um well, apart from when Joffre Archer put him on his backside at Lords in 2019, but I thought Bro- Broad's first spell—that that was a, the spell of an attack leader—and when he came back again, he beat he beat Labuschagne a couple of times. You know, maybe maybe again guilty of bowling a fraction too short with both new balls. But how did you how did you assess the return of Broad and Anderson? I thought the bowl. I thought the bowl very, very well. I did. I thought England bowled very, very well. I'm not. I can't sit here and and criticize anything that England did. You mentioned Stokes one-dimensional. England were one-dimensional. The whole bowl attack. It was one-dimensional in a way that we put the ball in an area, in and around or just above our stump. We didn't give them much to drive. We didn't give them much short and loose stuff apart from Stokes one-dimensional game plan, which was to bowl bounces. Um, I thought uh, our whole attack was, was the bowlers bowled very, very similar to each other, apart from obviously Ben Stokes. I think that's the, the conundrum of the, of the selection of non-selection of Mark Wood. We had four bowlers doing a very similar job. And when you look at it, if we take our catches, that might have worked. That might have worked. We get Labashain for 21, it might have worked. I thought Broad was excellent first spell. I thought he hit the deck hard. He hit the ground running. His presence was big. He, uh, his body language was great. Jimmy was Jimmy. Jimmy put the ball in and around that off stump. They don't want to be driven. You know, the, 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 what I think what we've got to remember is this is a very good Adelaide pitch. A very good Adelaide pitch. It nipped a little bit, but it's a good pitch. And I think if you had tried to go that little bit fuller, Especially against Smith and uh, especially against Warner and Labuschagne, I think you would have gotten murdered. I think you would have stood there and just belted it because you could trust the ball or the bounce of the ball, and I think you could you could hit through the line of the ball. Short boundary, square of the wicket. I think if England bowl any any fuller than what they did, I think they would have gotten driven a lot. And I think that then all of a sudden your fielders start to spread out. Slips aren't in play as much. Um, so I think Broad and Anderson bowl really well on that surface. It just comes back to the selection of what I said earlier. If you don't play Wokes, you're weak in the batting. But if you don't play Wokes or Robinson, 
you have a bowler who can bowl 92 mile an hour on average 88 mile an hour like he did Mark Wood did in the first test and you've got two two bowlers who can bowl the way Stokes did and you have three bowlers that bowl the way Broad Anderson bowl in that containing line and length and you know, you create chances you create things happening and unless Ben Stokes had the ball in his hand bowling halfway down the wicket we looked very nice but we didn't look that threatening and I think that is largely down. And I'm not, that's no way of having a go at the bowlers. That was largely down to the ball and the surface and the heat and the way Australia played. I thought Broden Anderson were very good. I thought Wokes was was very good. I thought Robinson and Patches was good, but I thought he bowled he bowled the shortest of the four. And I thought he looked as though he was the tiredest of the four after what had happened in Brisbane. Root turned it a little bit. Um and no matter what the commentators on the TV are saying, they're saying, yeah, could have, should have played a spinner. Our spinners aren't good enough. And Joe Root is a better spinner than Jack Leach and Don Best in Australian conditions of containing and holding, in my opinion. Um, so I, I still would have played five seamers. And in terms of Australia, you know, that partnership between Labuschagne and Warner, there's similarities there. 156 in the first innings and of course uh, first test and of course it should have been 51 for two if uh, that Stokes wicket of Warner had stood uh, 172 run partnership for the second wicket now that first uh, test Warner was so fortunate you know the the miss run out the drop catch the uh, the noble bold on this occasion though it was a huge surprise when he was out I thought that was as good as I've seen from Warner I know he hasn't played any test cricket for a year but that was as good as I've seen from Warner in a long, long time. He looked completely at one with his game. You know, he's experienced. He knew he just had to see through. You know, Australia scored 45 runs in that first session. There's, they scored 11 runs, I think, in the first 10 overs. And that's the first time they've done that. Although the first hour of play, you know, they haven't. That's the, that's the least amount of runs they've scored in the first hour of play at home in 20 years. At no point did you feel uh, that Warner was bothered by that. Um, Labuschagne looked very skittish before the lunch break, got better as it went on, or whatever it's called in the United's. But for Warner, I thought, bloody hell, he, he looks he looks good today, really, really good. Um, and and as I say, huge surprise when he was actually out. Yeah, it was it was a. Uh... <sighs> Probably a man who was desperate to get to that hundred after what had happened in in Brisbane. Um, I thought that's the best. I, I I still I said this on breakfast really early this morning. I think it was I think it was around about seven forty five this morning that I fear for England bowlers here because I think David Warner is in for a, an afternoon. I think he's he looked that good. He didn't look as though he was getting beat outside off stump. He was playing inside the line of the ball when they were bowling in and around that off stump. He was leaving the ball nicely. Um, he waited on the bad ball. You know, Robinson bowled a couple of short balls outside off stump and he crashed them for four. I think Wokes did. I think it took him something like 32 balls to get off the mark. So you, you, when you look at that, you could see he was watchful. He was determined. And then at the end, eh, he just looked as though he was. He got a bit frantic when he, when he was trying to get to 100. He was 91. He pulled the ball when there was about six fielders on the leg side, he pulled in the uh, over the top of the the sort of inner field and he managed to get it in between the two fielders at 
deep square leg and deep mid-wicket. Um, and I thought when he did that, I thought that's it. He's got 150 here because he's going to get to 100. He's going to run around, take his hat off. He's going to be jumping around and then he's going to come out, crash, bang, wallop, 2020 style and really put the pressure on the England bowlers. Um, and I thought it was a great catch by Broad. Mm. You know, Broad did extra cover and he belted it. He belted it. He nearly put Broad into the, uh, I think it's the chapel stand. I think, you know, he put him into the chapel stand because it, it was a it was a good catch by by Big Stewart. So, like, all in all, I think Warner's looked very, very good so far in the Ashes. I think he's been ready for this Ashes because all the talk about Broad and Anderson and he, he's, he's the last Ashes tour and is he finished? Well, you know, we always said class is permanent and I thought Warner was brilliant again today. And there's ominous signs going forward because he enjoys batting at, um, he enjoys batting at Melbourne. And he goes home to Sydney for the fourth test match. So we're 90 in Brisbane, 90 in Adelaide. He'd be desperate to get a get to 100. Um, I thought it was a it was a, a well constructed innings by somebody who has been questioned, but never in my mind that never doubted in my mind that the kid is is a is a class above when it comes to international test match batting. He's ranked number sixth in the world, I think, in the ICC rankings. And when you look at it. England's batting unit, we're asking England's batting unit to try and get back into the ashes in this first innings of the Test match in Adelaide, on which will be a good pitch. And Australia have got number one, number three and number six in the ICC World Rankings. And we've got one Test match 100 other than our captain in 2021. I think that tells you what, what the difference between both batting units are at this minute in time. Um, and Warner, Warner was brilliant again today. Moment of the day. Well, there's no doubt what the moment of the day was today. Did you ever oh. think you'd see Steve Smith, Captain Australia again, and in an Ashes Test match? Um, I mean, it took some seriously ridiculous situation to get there, but him walking out in Pat Cummins' jacket, I mean, I didn't see uh, the conversation between Root and Smith when they saw each other, but I imagine there would have been a smile between the two. And Root would have been forgiven, saying, what are you doing here? I never thought I'd see you out here again for the toss. Yeah, it was It was quite a bizarre, it was quite a bizarre moment. It was like, who's going to captain the team? Well, actually, who fits in this blazer to go out and toss the coin? And Steve Smith being captain from slip. I was waiting for that. I thought that might have happened. I thought, I thought there was no way that Warner could have it. I actually thought Labashain might have come out and done the toss. Or yeah, you know, maybe it's Mitchell Stark because the Blazers fit him fit him the best. I'm actually pleased, you know. I'm pleased Steve Smith came out and captained Australia because hopefully we make mistakes in life. We all make mistakes in life, and that guy paid for it. He was given a two match ICC ban, two match, and he got he he, he missed a year's cricket, Test match cricket, humiliation of sitting in front of the world. Um, with his with his family behind him, as well as having that on his CV of uh, of, of of cheating, and it, it was we got to call it what it was in 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 South Africa. But I think people are deserve second chances. I think we 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 start we have to live in a world where people deserve second chances. And I think at this minute in time, what's happening with the world cricket, and we can't look too I can't look too far away from being in Northumberland. What's happening in Yorkshire? People deserve second chances in life. And I think that guy paid the penalty. And whether it's right or wrong to be captain or not, um, he was the right man in that 11-man unit 
to captain last minute uh, when Pat Cummins couldn't play. So as much as I never thought it would happen as quick as what it has done, hopefully for the world that people can move on and Steve Smith can move on. Um, now he's actually done the job again, but I thought it was 2005 all over again. I really did. I thought 2005 all over again. And I was just waiting for Steve Smith to go, right, we'll bowl first on the flattest wicket in Australia. Um, and then that would have capped it off because to see, obviously, Glenn McGrath on the TV screen when I when I got up this morning, talking about Pat Cummins, I thought, you know what? It's a bit like when you got carried off on the golf cart in, in Edgebaston all them years ago. Joe Root, come on, you win the toss. England bat first, get 400 and a deer. And the Ashes is back on. But unfortunately, Steve Smith didn't do what Ricky Ponton did, which was bowl first on a flat, flat wicket. And he's and his team backed him up. But I'd imagine Cricket Australia. I, mean, I tell you what, it would have been interesting, John, if this was a deer game and the game started at 10 o'clock Australia time because that's all happened through the night. I think this deer-night game has just bought us Cricket Australia probably four or five hours to make not only the right decision, um, but the best interest in 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 health and everything like that, because I, I'd imagine there'd have been some some twitchy backsides in Cricket Australia's offices to know whether it was right for him to play, right for him not to play. Does he quarantine through South Australia's uh, health union? I think there'd have been some frantic conversations, and I think because the game started at two thirty in the afternoon. I think that maybe's bought Cricket Australia some time. What is going to happen tomorrow? Okay then, Harmy. First session is crucial and all that. But a score of 221 for two, it's not disastrous for England, is it? You've got to get rid of Labashana Smith early. You've got to forget the fact that Nisa or Nasa has got an average batting average in the mid-20s, I think. I mean, Australia do bat deeper now. Yeah. Um England just got to take wickets. It's as simple as that. How how many do you think they can give up? How many? How many? Four hundred. I mean, essentially yeah, four, they're going to be batting in the worst part of the day, of course, and and bowling in the worst part of the day because it's going to be thirty eight degrees. But let's be optimistic. What can England? What yeah? What can they give up here? I think four fifty. Four fifty in England are still in the game. 450, they're still in the game. And I say that because I think day-night games can go fast forward. I say that because day-night games are a little bit like in Asia. It can go fast forward very, very quickly. Australia get Australia get away from England tomorrow morning and then get 450. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. England now have some difficult passages to bat and then they'll have a, hopefully a, a, full, a, a day three, good, good weather, good wickets still to get somewhere close in around 450. And then it's a spell of a lifetime from a, a broader Anderson if they get that to go and bowl. A team's going to get bowled. For, for this game to finish in a victory, a team's going to get bowled out for 150, 125, 150, 175, something like that, under the lights, because they're going to lose five for not very many. England have just got to hope that they're in touch and distance of Australia and they're the ones that bowl Australia out third innings for that to then chase to win the game. That's how a game finishes. I see a game finishing under under the lights in, day, on, in, in these next five, four days that's left of it. What normally happens on days where you bowl really well to contain, 
the next morning, because you've not looked like, not so much not looked like getting a wicket, but things haven't gone for you. Three wickets go in a crack, bang, bang, bang. So England come out tomorrow and get three wickets in a crack. All of a sudden, Australia are 300 for six. Then all of a sudden, you're thinking, well, that 450 turns into two, 375. Um, and now it's, a, now it's an in-game score where we potentially could get a lead. This is me thinking outside, yeah, not looking at England's batting unit because they're not telling me they can get 400 England's batting unit. But that's what I think England's game plan has got to be. Stick to the same game methods that they have today. A little bit of luck goes their way and Australia could lose three wickets quickly. All of a sudden, it's a, it's a, it's a score in England's favour. And then the hard work starts with the batting. But for a, for a result to be done here, I think somebody's going to get bowled out for under 175, under lights. And England's got to, just got to hope that that is Australia third innings. I mean, it gives England a chance to get back into the series. Well, we'll be back tomorrow to find out exactly what does take place. Uh, the action, uh, if you want to follow it on TalkSport, begins at 4 a.m. Uh, Harmy will be uh, appearing on breakfast throughout. And yeah, we'll be back on the following on podcast or on TalkSport too, or on a social media. But thanks for listening uh, to following on. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.